It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. We're back. Tennis bets on a Monday. Regular cast of characters here. Kenny Ducey. Check him out on his Patreon account, making picks all tournament. Zachary Cohen, Zico, Tennis Bets, Tennis.com gambling writer. And from Yahoo Sportsbook, it's Pamela Maldonado. We all have the fever of the French Open. It's the, it's a red flu. It keeps going. It's it's just taking over right now. But this is a great opportunity to do the show on a Monday to recap all that we've missed, all that's on deck. Uh, Pamela, starting with you. We're inching closer to the matchup that's uh, been, been on your radar for a few months now. And uh, it seems like a formality. There's a lot else to discuss, but what's got your eye starting uh, week two of RG? I just want to skip over and watch Djokovic against Algaraz already. We know it's going to happen. Um, I have no doubt that Djokovic is going to get through his round just fine. Um, I'm super excited because Novak looks good. And more importantly, Algaraz looks un touchable he cannot make a mistake right now and so it's the match that we've been wanting for a very long time we saw a glimpse of it in a best of three now we're going to see Djokovic and Akaras in a best of five close off your calendars call in sick do what you got to do sorry bosses I ain't doing nothing because I am watching that match (laughs) well that's good that's good advice for everyone to just not work (laughs) I I agree I think that's going to take over uh everyone's viewing interest this week should we get there, which as soon as we do, uh, Zico getting to you and just switching tours. Cause I know the men's are exciting, but I think you're sitting pretty. If I have this right and I have that, jo- the notes jotted down, the Sabalenka ticket, Mukova is looking good. I think the women's side is where you struck gold this tournament. Yeah. It could still go very wrong for me because I have Sabalenka to win the tournament. I have Mukova to win. Just this match now is plus 900 for me because I need her to win the quarter, but if Sviatek wins the tournament, it can still wipe me out. So I don't know. I'm sitting in a decent position. I do think Makova will beat Pavlia Trenchkova, and I don't know uh, what will happen in the final, but I'm excited for it. I mean, just looking at that number, you got her at 1,400, so you're in a good spot with her. She's down to just under plus 400, Ego, the prohibitive favorite. Wasn't tested at all today. So a lot to discuss there as well. And then Kenny Ducey joining us again. Uh, you swing big. You go for it. And, uh, you know, look, Tay Dirt is done. His, it, may he live forever, at least for the next couple weeks, but you know, you did call your shot that Serundo was going to get him. So uh, we'll get to that match later today. But Fritz Serundo was a banger. Didn't go your way. But, hey, can't win them all. Yeah, I mean, I was – that was – look, and I, I think I split hairs taking Serundo and Fritz in the quarter because uh, I did not believe in Yannick Sinner. And it, it, it does it does stink to be right and still lose. Uh, and I, do, I did feel really good about Fritz against Runa. I thought that was cemented by the match that he had today. Uh, you know, broke, breaking down physically uh, really in the third set and then in the fifth set looked completely out of gas. Uh, don't know how he got across the finish line there. I, I, I mean, I, we'll talk about Rune, Ruda. Rune, I said Rune. I said Rune, Ruda. Rune, Rude. We'll talk about that match later on because um, I think that the fatigue factor is going to be interesting. But yeah, I, I felt good about him coming through Runa. I felt good about him coming through Rude. I still feel like if those matches happened, he would have won them. 
but that was always going to be a tricky one. Uh, a guy that can match his forehand, his forehand speeds. And I, I also, again, will continue to say, when is it going to happen mentally for Francisco Srundle, one of the most nervous players on tour, uh, you know, can come up with big shots, but I, I feel like it's about 50-50 the amount of times he'll just have a terrible error at a big spot. A couple of them in that tie break. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, it's, been a, it's been an interesting role in Garros so far, though. The upsets have happened, but they just haven't been the ones we've expected, I think. Yeah, that first number we saw at the bottom of the screen, 31 five-setters so far. Going to inch close to that record of 35 in the open era. We'll see if we get it. Two matches, one going on, not looking like that's going to happen, but another one that could potentially happen later. Uh, Pam, we were talking about this uh, going into the day before we were playing the show. That Sarando Aruna match had everything, and it had a lot of great forehand winners. It had drama. It had officiating blunders. It had everything you need. It also had a young Danish kid in Holger Runa win a match that he was outplayed for in most of. So I think if we're going to start somewhere, what Holger did, his first five-set match, his first major quarterfinal, he just went out and found a way to get it done. Well, first off, Runa was uh, pretty smart. He knew that, okay, that that fourth set, people can look at it. I instantly got inquiries. Is he going to retire? He wasn't injured. He was playing preserve. He was preserving his energy. He knew that he probably doesn't have the best stamina in the field right now. He's probably the worst one, um, the least fit to go into a best of five. So he kind of just kind of forfeited that fourth set mat, that fourth set to preserve his energy. And he got lucky with it. It ended up being the correct call for him because he needed every ounce of energy that he could gather to get through a tie break in the the fifth he had no business winning this match his fitness is still very much in question um but forfeiting the fourth set like he did it's not entirely uncommon you see this happen in a best of five pretty frequently actually so um for somebody like him it worked out for him today he may not be so lucky against somebody like like rude zico were you surprised that holger was able to win the match after he got broke serving for it because that was the part where I agree with what Pam said. He saved his energy, but he had that chance. He let it go and was still able to, in one of Kenny's favorite, favorite formats, the match tiebreaker, was still able to get it done. I wasn't too surprised just because Sarundula looked so you know uncomfortable playing through nerves in that last mm-hmm. set. I just think that he made so many uncharacteristic decisions. I mentioned it before we hopped on, but he'll – you know, go for a drop shot out of nowhere, a shot he never takes before. Like, you just you don't you just don't know what he's thinking in these big points, and I think that's why I wasn't too surprised. I was, you know, hoping for the best, yeah. but I didn't expect it. Runa always comes up big. Well, K- Kenny, what do you think about that that opening line we just saw? Just recently came out with Casper Rude, who won in straight sets over Jari today, three tight sets, but Rude finding his form. Rude is a minus one eighteen favorite tentatively, subject to change, obviously with Runa about 102, minus 102. Thoughts on the line coming out going into that one? Honestly, I mean, people, I've seen people surprised to see Rude as uh, an underdog in this match. I, I'm not surprised. I'm actually surprised that Runa is not a bigger favorite considering, just considering the futures market. Uh, Runa, I think after that match is around plus 750, maybe plus 800 to win the tournament. Uh, Rude's still chilling at like plus 1300, plus 1400. So given the gap in the odds, I'm kind of surprised that odds makers set the line the way that they did. Uh, but in terms of just in a vacuum coming off their match, especially would I make Runa a favorite? Probably not, you know, uh, probably a, a minus one Oh five bet uh, here for Runa. But yeah, I mean, I expect a lot of money to come in on Casper. That's going to be the sharp side here, or at least the sharp side. We never really know what the sharp side uh. is. I think there's going to be a lot of money on Casper and I'm going to look forward to taking Holger at plus uh. money probably mm-hmm. tomorrow uh, when it gets there, because you know, we'll, we'll, again, we can get into this match, but, how many times have we said, oh, well, hey, Holger's dead. Uh, he has no more energy no. left. Uh, his, 
And we've talked about it on a micro level in, in the middle of matches, in the middle of tournaments, but on a macro level, a micro level and a macro level as well, where we look at this guy who was having terrible issues with cramping, couldn't finish tournaments, uh, you know, again, a year ago, we, and then all of a sudden he got to Roland Garros and all of a sudden he could play best of five. And then weeks after, like he was able to sustain his level after many, many three set matches, oh. many matches going to distance. So that's, what's confusing to me is like, okay. or that, that's what I'm bracing for is I'm bracing for Holger to come out hot, have energy and win this match because he didn't win it last year. And I feel like he's a little mm -hmm. bit better positioned physically. So well, Pam, let's go ahead and talk about yeah. this match then. Because I'm, I'm a little, over, yeah. yeah, go ahead. I'm a little, I'm a little desperate to win this <laughs> easily. I don't, and I don't Who even think be? it's going to go five. Everyone will be. This so is not going to be, a, no this five. is not going to be a best of five match. This is going to be Casper probably likely winning in like at worst in four. And mm. <laughs> I think he, you have to look at their head to head matchup too. I mean, Casper uh, is four to one over Holger and they know that he's coming into this. The last win was Runa over in Rome, but we also talked about in length in previous segments where Casper, he admitted that he didn't have an offseason. So he was kind of burnt out there to begin of the season. Now he's not only coming into form, but he is looking like his old 2022 self. Like he is strong in right now in this tournament. Um, his forehand is there. His every, every his movement is wicked. Like he has everything in line. It's sharp. And if you put me in a pressure point situation, Runa is going to get all the storyline because, oh, like he's that bull that doesn't want to give up. But I trust the the court sense of Casper over the night, over Holger in a best the, of five. The Jari match was an impressive win. We talked about this. Yes, so another show. Yeah, let's have another. Let's have another showdown because we need more attention on this show. I always say. Uh, <laughs> Zico, you can kind of weigh in, can kind of break the tie. It seems like they're leaning in opposite directions. We have a, a rising player. We have a versus a player who did this last year, was finding his form. What's your lean heading into this one? I feel pretty good about Rude winning. I just think that the way he's playing defensively, like that's going to be a lot for Runa to overcome. He's he's already has the fitness issues. I can see if it goes four or five, just him not having it. I think that Rude really looked good against Jerry. I think that kind of broke his will. Jerry played pretty well in that match and just – Rude was not letting him break away at all. And I do think that that's going to be a match uh, where the you know, larger percentage of the tickets are probably going to end up being on Runa. Mm. Yeah, I yeah, mean, I, he, he's in the... Yeah, go ahead, Kenny. I was going to say, I'm, I'm interested to see it because I, I, I think the line, we can guess what the line closes at, but I think the line is going to shift significantly towards Rude. I think everyone's going to see... Everyone watched that match on Tennis Channel. Everyone knows Runa was struggling physically. And I think I think the money is just going to keep coming in on Rude. But like I said, I, I mean, we, you know, this is a different play style. I think Rude was very impressive today against Jari. I thought Jari was playing some of the best tennis in the field, maybe like top five level, honestly. Yeah. And uh, you know, I mean, I, I thought it was impressive that he was going to he was able to come back in that match. But it's also a different match. Like he doesn't have to play a lot of long exchange, long exchanges. You know, Jari brings the power, and he's always going to have the match on his racket. This is a different matchup for Rude, so that's why I almost feel like it's hard for me to get a feel for how well he's playing. <laughs> When Runa is yeah. also, by the way, they only played like two weeks ago when Runa won. It wasn't like, wasn't like yeah. you know, it was like in, in Australia when Casper was really lost. Like, you know, so I feel like Casper's level was improved by the time they played in the semis there. I think he can but easily win this but match. That's the thing. He has been improving each match that he's played here over the course of the clay court season. Yeah, but who, so. who has he played since that loss? I mean, he's played Wolf. He lost to Jari. And then Emer, Zepieri, Zhang. The Jari, the Jari win was the most impressive result he's had since that Runa loss so, to me. Would you sure. say, Kenny, would you say, and I guess this is a question for the group though, but if you like Holger in this match, I think you jump over set one. 
Because I don't yeah, think he can I mean, fall behind. I don't think he can fall behind against Casper realistically, given the stamina questions we just had. So I think if you I, look, put him here, I, I think everything in your brain tells you, and I, I agree with you. I think set one could be a good bet. I think everyone, in, everything in your brain tells you that he's not going to have the energy in this match. I just continue to say like he's going to have a day off, and we've seen this before from him, where you know he whether it's the way he walks, his gait, uh, you know the way he expresses himself. You always think that he is cramping or there's something physically wrong with him. And he's proven us wrong over the last year every time where it's like he comes well, back out and you're like, where did this energy come from? I don't know. So that's why I, that's why I yeah. feel like I, I can't count this kid out. You know, like I, I can't count out his yeah. stamina. We know, maybe when we, we get know, to the semis or something. Know, not, like, not here. If there's an option like for that. a tie break, I would bet that. Mm, mm, like yeah. I feel like it's almost a guarantee that that's like the, that would be my best bet. There's going to be a tie break in this matchup against yeah. Renan and Rude. And we know Kenny likes a good underdog, so I think that's where this is coming from. He's too. not. I don't. He's the favorite now, though. So what no, is it? What is? Holger's the dog. Holger's the dog. Holger opened the favorite, I believe. Uh, I, mean, I didn't see. Know, it might have been quickly, but I, yeah, I see Rude at minus one twenty. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, right, but Rude opened at. Uh, well, I saw the decimal odds, but Rude was the underdog at first. It's big money coming down. Then uh, are we at a point? Anyone? Anyone in this group with? Maybe he's Verev making a run, not just the semis, but beyond that, because the draw is kind of open on that side. Pam, I mean, I know that's someone you've been uh, with. You think he's back? Oh, fully back. I wouldn't say that he's fully back. I need to see him be a top 10 player. <laughs> Somebody not named Tiafo, <laughs> but I mean, he's playing really, really, really well. More so he's playing composed. More so he's playing smart. Like everything that you saw of his strength at last year's Roland Garros before he twisted his ankle, he is so nearing to building. He's building up to that. Um, I'm super excited to see his progression here, what he can maybe even do at the U.S. Open. But I am super – I have a buddy of mine who actually had a very similar injury to Zverev around the exact same time. And he is not at all in Zverev form. <laughs> no. They both play tennis. And he's just – like my buddy himself, he's like, how did he recover so fast? Like why am I taking so long? And it's just – he has amazing doctors apparently, but he looks incredible he looks, I would say he's probably like 80% back. Is that, mm. that that's pretty accurate? I would say he's like 80 to 85% right now. Yeah, he lost that couple, there's still so much more room left. I mean, he lost a couple of tight ones too. It wasn't like the results weren't there, but it was Medvedev a bunch. It was some really close, brutal yes. defeats. And the draw opening up. I mean, Zico, it's going to be, I mean, with the match going the way it is with Dimitrov now, he would get Nishioka or Echeverry, Kenny's Etch's sketch guy. I mean, I don't know. I don't I think that might be as favorable as you can imagine. The draw just broke his way. Yeah, I'd say he's like about 90% there. And the, the other 10 is like mental, not physical. I mean, he's having trouble exactly. getting over the finish line. Like he had Medvedev down in two matches and couldn't finish it. And I think even against Tiafo, that was a battle between two guys, you know, choking until one of them won. And like, I think that that's what makes me a little bit nervous about Zverev is I just don't really trust him in big points. But yeah, I mean, his game is unbelievable. And he should beat the, the winner of that other match. And yeah, I mean, it's it's about it's the self belief, right? You can sense the self belief. It hasn't been there for a full match yet. I mean, I, we we haven't been watching Zverev Dimitrov because we're on air, but uh, I mean, maybe today is the day. But it did feel like against Tiafo, he was. I forget someone maybe had said this on Twitter, but it felt like he was he was entering in and out of self belief. Like it was like he would have those moments where he'd have he had so many double faults, right? He had some bad, uncharacteristic errors, but then he would also step up. Uh, in big rallies on pressure points and and just and just he was relentless on the baseline not missing the other thing i would say about injuries and pam brings up a really good point 
is my father tore his patella tendon and it took it really his knee is still not correct but it took like two years until he was like really able to like walk normally mm. again uh and i think we always underestimate how these professional athletes you know whether it's a team sport or an individual sport the care that they have. I mean, you know, you're every day you're going in, someone's checking on your knee versus when you're like a normal person, like us, just some jamokes. You're just like, well, you know, I, uh, I, you got, I got an appointment now in a, in a month, you know, like they check up periodically. There's no one checking every day how you're doing on your rehab. So that's why if you ever marvel at how quick these athletes get back, it, it's because there's like, there's people dedicated around the clock to their injuries. Versus like, you know, no one cares about how my knee is eventually going to blow out because yeah. I play too much softball. Right. You definitely do. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, more <laughs> tennis bets here with Kenny Ducey, Pamela Maldonado, and Zachary Cohn here on Tennis Channel's YouTube page. We got it on Facebook. We're on the podcast network as well. A lot to discuss on, on today's show. And I want to get to one of the quarterfinal matches because we have a lot of different action, a lot of different strategies on it. Sitsipas Alcaraz will have another match in the quarterfinals. Alcaraz is a heavy favorite. And uh, we can start, Pam, with you, how you're betting this one. You're going heavy on Carlos spread, and you're going to just start with six and a half games is not phasing you. I'm just going to do six and a half games because I don't I would like for I would like to bet minus one and a half sets. At worst, Carlos is winning this in four sets. At worst, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's a straight set win. There's just nothing that Sitsipas has in his arsenal to contend against Carlos, and we have seen it, which is why Carlos is four and zero against Sitsipas. And he, I mean, yeah, we saw it at the U.S. Open back in 2021 where Carlos won, and it was a thrilling five set match. That is not at all the same. This is where. I am super impressed, first off, with Carlos and how he just like absolutely destroyed Lorenzo Musetti. He has been one of the better clay court players. He definitely has like a lot of um, grit in his game, and that's why we've seen Musetti be competitive against Djokovic. And Carlos, every match that he is playing right now looks like a warm-up. He's not phased. He's not tired. He's not confused. He's not – he is just in the zone. And he, you go into this, especially Sitsipas, and we have seen him with his mental game that he has. He comes into this with some confidence, a little bit of swag, like, all right, I, I'm on a rhythm, I'm on a roll. I can be competitive. And no, sit back down because Carlos is going to put you right back in your place. Carlos just looks phenomenal right now, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's it's a straight set match. <laughs> so I will take minus six and a half games. Sitsipas doesn't have a backhand. He, uh, Carlos is going to attack that. He doesn't have – um, the baseline game to sustain 30 shot rallies like uh, Carlos. That's it. 
Well, I, yeah, I think you made your 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 position very clear. Uh, the last time they played was uh, just drop shot, drop shot city. It was nonstop the same thing. I do think that now I'm not expecting Sitsipas to get completely obliterated. It very well may happen. He is a little more comfortable and he's like making this slam a bunch. Zico, how are you attacking this in terms of I think everyone expects Carlos to win. That's the expectation. But do you have a betting strategy, a play you like in this one? Yeah, I'm playing Tsitsipas to win a set. I do think Alcaraz is going to win the match, but I don't know. I feel like part of him has to be looking forward to that matchup with Djokovic. I don't know how you can't. Like We've been talking about this for months. They haven't played each other. You know, I feel like they've kind of not ducked each other, but they've just missed out on a lot of opportunities to play each other, and I think that they have to be thinking about it. That could have him overlooking Tsitsipas a bit, and I think that, you know, Carlos does give away, you know, games on his own serve pretty often. And you can get a set where Sitsipas is just hitting his spots and, you know, holding easily. And yeah. I could see him just, you know, getting one. Set three. He gives away I mean, games, but he's like Nadal. You give it away games, he's going to get it right back because of his return game. So you got you to gotta hold if you're going to break Carlos. <laughs> I mean, I don't know the specific. You can find this on, on your gambling oh. sites. But call your shot. It would be set three, right? He's up two sets to love. And that's the set that kind of just is a little downturn. And then Carlos wins in four. I mean, we're getting or, really or it's set one. Uh, we're, you know, we're, set, we're yeah. getting really freaky with props now because there's less matches to go and maybe it's something like that but i know i, I four is actually kind of where i was going with this one too i think sits plays with a little bit on or wins one set but maybe he wins blindfolded i don't know three sets one tie break mm. kenny yeah, any I, on this one yeah i would say i'm, I'm with zico here and i think this the safer way it's maybe not as safe because the way Carlos is playing right now, it could easily six one or bagel, uh, breadstick or bagel. Uh, sorry, I should I should really get with the times here in twenty twenty three. He could breadstick or bagel he, he, he because he's gonna get mad at you. He's gonna get mad. Fucking yeah. Like um. Well, you know, so that 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 could cost you if you take the over like I'm going to. And I I would also say the you know take laying the games with Carlos is something that I would generally do in this spot. Mm -hmm. Like I've I've been all over every time Carlos and Steph play. I'm all over Carlos because he's just better than Steph. Steph's not as good at Carlos as Carlos. But what I will say in a best of five setting is like you guys are saying, the level is always going to drop. Um, Carlos has dropped his level in every match, or at least in the last three, uh, you know, against Taro Daniel dropping the set. He was down a break two times to Shapovalov in the second set. And then again, yesterday, yes, dropped the level against Musetti, went down the break, uh, definitely gave Musetti some opportunities into service games. The one thing that I thought Shapovalov was going to do and didn't is serve well, because he's, he is a good server, but he just donated a million double faults. Musetti as well did not is not a good server, so it was easier to see. Hey, he couldn't hang on to the break lead. I think Steph is a very good server. He's one of the best servers left in the draw right now, um, if not the best server left in the draw. Frankly, Zverev um, is probably better. But Sitsipas yeah. served at seventy one percent against Offner. I, I thought he returned very well. Offner has a very big serve. Uh, he is a very forceful tennis player and was able to make way into many good service games. Came back from a break in that first set. Um, so I, I think that. It's been tough to fade Carlos the last two matches and lose, but I do think that the, the logic is still sound and he will drop his level and he will drop his level on serve. And Steph is a very good server. He's much better server than Musetti is and he's not going to double fault like Shapovalov did. I think he will manage to hold on to a lead if he gets one. And the other thing you got to consider is like the, the, you know, the narrative here where Steph hates losing to Carlos. He wants so badly to prove that he's better than this guy. So, I, you know, if, if it comforts you at all, you know he's going to bring his best level. 
to this match because he, I mean, it, it, the fire burns within him. He hit that ball at Carlos that one time that he really wants to beat this kid. I don't think he's going to, but I think the match goes over. And I think he has some sort of say in the first two sets to win one um, before mm-hmm. Carlos inevitably kills him. So scheduling update as well. Just wanted to get that as well. They play on Tuesday and then they have the delayed off day till the Friday match, depending on if it is, you know, Djokovic and Alcaraz. That would be a couple of days off for them. Uh, and on that guy's note, Pam Djokovic, Hatchinoff, Hatchinoff just quietly making another major quarterfinal, just ho-hum, no one's talking about him. But are you going to be betting? I mean, you said Djokovic looks back, he looks fully back and is normal. Is he someone to just hammer the spread under straight sets? How are we feeling on this one? Oh, I wanted to do this, um, and I still might, but it's still a little bit of juice, is both Djokovic and Alcaraz to minus one and a half sets. If you parlay that, it's minus 130-ish odds. That's probably the way that I would go instead of taking game spreads, but I can't imagine that either one of them is going to go to a full five sets. Djokovic looks good right now, and Hatchinoff, he definitely is um, one of the players that we always talk about <laughs> that we just talked about last week too, how he's making these deep runs and it goes unnoticed but because he's not flashy. But I just think Djokovic, is, he looks good. He looks healthy. He looks, He's back to form, and if you were to drop a set, it's going to be that level thing that I talked about last week where it's because, hey, I'm going to come into this and try to easy, easy breeze it. That didn't work. All right, I'll up the level on the next one. Um, I don't know. I just I think both of these matches go four sets at worst. Parlay at minus 130. That's the way that I would probably go. And you've got the parlay going today. I want to point out the even money, right? Money line, Alcaraz, Djokovic, Barov all win. Does it pay about even yeah. for you? Yeah. I was hoping that our show would uh, that the match would start right around the show so I could get it out before. But you know, um, yeah, I mean, it, look, it's doing well so far. I mean, Zverev six one <laughs> so far. Yeah, Zverev looks very good. That, Zverev looks very good. He looks sharp against some of these these lower lower level players. I want to see him do well against the top ten. So you know who else looks good? Yeah. Y- Yoshi Nishioka. Sorry. Yeah. Continue. That's, I, I would, <laughs> that's very true. I was just going to say, Zico, I, I would be more worried about the Joker lowering his level looking ahead than actually Alcaraz when I think about it. Because this has happened time and time again, the match before Federer, Nadal, and Majors, where he just doesn't have the A-plus level, and then it comes out against the best, raising his level, and he's doing so well. So Djokovic in straights actually, in a weird way, might worry me more than Alcaraz in straights. <laughs> I was just thinking it like I was like, I don't know if I want to say this or not, but I feel like if one of them were to blow it, I think it'd be Djokovic. Cause I just think, I think Hachinov just really good. I, I don't know if like th- those odds on the, on that match are outrageous. I mean, I took Hachinov to win the quarter thinking that I'd be able to hedge this match, but it's not possible because Djokovic is a minus 1100 favorite, but I do think he's just a really sturdy player. And if Djokovic fails to show up in any way, like there's the chance that that goes five. But I think just, the reason – I think you see – I don't agree that he's going to drop his level. I don't agree that he's going to be looking ahead. I think he knows that he has to stay focused. And we've seen the focus from Djokovic this tournament against uh, Davidovich Fokina. I mean, to win back-to-back tie breaks and then to crush him 6-2 in the third set, that is so strong against one of the – definitely one of the best clay court players on tour right now. Um, and I think Hatchinoff, although he is good – He's never taken a set off of Djokovic over his 8-0, loss. I mean, other than the one win that he had back in Paris in 2018. And, I mean, okay, granted, outdoor clay, they played in Serbia last year's the semifinal. But, I mean, he, Djokovic ended up winning 6-1, 6-2. That was yeah. more of – that was Djokovic letting his foot off the gas in the opening set, rather. So, I'm not at all worried that Djokovic even goes to four with Djokovic, with, uh, with Hetchinoff. But the safer bet is that he would win in four. <laughs> 
sore subject yeah. bringing up Fokina around Kenny also because that's just still the wounds. Are I, don't even, I don't even remember why that. I bad. had a play on that match. That's the, that's like my one pushback on any Djokovic talk is like we keep oh, talking about how yeah, him being flawless in this tournament. That felt yeah. like Davidovich Fokina really should have won. Like should have won two of the three sets they played. And, and I don't think it was as much about Djokovic like raising his level. I think it was Davidovich Fokina just yeah. yeah, and Shapovalov should have won that. You know, we can go on and on. But I, I will say, uh, you know, as someone who has bet Hatchinoff to cover the spread against Djokovic probably four or five times in my life, and they've played 11 times, um, I would say that mentally I think the advantage is going to be so huge for Novak. He knows – and Hatchinoff knows you just can't beat this guy, right? Like Hatchinoff had a really good season last year. He was 0-4 in all that, and he only won one set in all those matches. And, you know, he he is a former Roland Garros quarterfinalist and a, a, now a two-time, I believe, quarterfinalist at Roland Garros, maybe three-time. I don't know. I, I Where have I been for the last three years? Uh, certainly not here mentally. But I would say that Hatchinoff at this point knows, like, you know, I wasn't able to get him on a hard court and yeah. that, you know, I and uh, three times last year. I just think it's going to wear on him. And I agree with you, Mitch. Like, the, the, I think Djokovic may just try to – he may be focusing on the Alcaraz match, and he may not want to put a lot of energy into this match. And he might, he may not need to, frankly, because Karen could beat himself. But um, I, I still feel good about if you were going to put minus one and a half sets in a parlay, yeah. uh, that, is a, that is a tasty leg for sure. For sure. I'm not going even to five. I'm thinking a set could be taken off here. Uh, before we – Kind of switch switch gears a little bit, Kenny. I just want you to because the match is about to get going or has gotten going. Your Nishioka love, it has actually just got going. We're in the first set on serve, but you've got a half unit on the big dog, Nishioka to win plus three twenty money line, and then you also yeah. take the spread too. Yeah, when when I told you three twenty, that was uh, about an hour before the match, and he closed. I think at three plus three sixty. Um, and he was down a break in this set. He's now, uh, the, uh, is serving to stay in it at four or five, but yeah, I, I thought that six and a half games was a, a two seed nickel. That's ridiculous. Uh, I thought that six and a half games was just way not. too many to spot Nishioka, a guy that, well, first of all, Echeverry has never made it this deep in a, in a slam. He's also, you know, this is a lot of tennis on his body. Uh, never been in a pressure situation like this. And while Nishioka also just doesn't have like a wealth of Grand Slam experience in terms of going very deep in Grand Slams, I, I think he's a better clay player than he gets credit for because when he turns up at the clay court tournaments, he's had some pretty tough draws over the last few years. I, I think he's a, a fine player on the surface, fine enough to beat Tomas Echeverry anyway in a match where he could easily crumble mentally. Um, mm -hmm. And again, Echeverry, I believe at the tour level, three and six against lefties. I just think Nishioka has been playing some pretty solid tennis. And this seems like a 3-1 win to Echeverry or even a five-set win for Echeverry. I, I just thought six and a half games was a kind of an abhorrent line, to be frank. It's a high number, but uh, we'll see what happens there. Last thing on the men, and I'm going to start with uh, Pam and then Zika, and we can open this up. A potential matchup with Alcaraz and Djokovic that we think is is pretty certain. What does that line look like to you? Uh. Carlos will be the favorite and it's going to be probably like 120 ish. I think it's going to be closer to like a pick 'em. Um, but it depends also if Djokovic ends up winning in straight sets, four sets. If it goes five, he might open up like 130. But if he wins in straight sets, it's going to be like a minus 105, 115 type of odds. That's what I was getting at. So it does depend, in your opinion, on what happens with their respective, more specifically, Djokovic's match. I think so. Okay. Zico? I, I got. I think. Yeah, go ahead, Zico. I'm not. The no, I, I think minus one twenty, minus one twenty five. I had to answer this question earlier, and that's what I said. 
I, I disagree with both of you. I think it's I think he's they're gonna hang minus two twenty on Carlos. I think he's looked way too oh, good at these championships. Oh, man. Yeah. Absolutely. I think he's looked way too good. And I'm just I'm look, I'm I, I it's I think I'm just being honest. Like I think that's what they're gonna hang. I've seen a lot of these lines. I think that, that I think that he's been that dominant and Djokovic has still some questions with with the uh, you know with, with the elbow happening and he was stretching out, he was he was punching his uh, hamstring or his quad. Uh, a couple of matches ago, and he just like he beat Juan Pablo Vries, but against like the other tour level players that he's played, it's been kind of an adventure. Like even against Kovacevic in the first match, getting broken serving for the match, getting broken serving for the next match. I was actually going to ask Pam about that on the on the last show because she watches Novak very intently, and I probably more yeah. intently than I do. And I was, but then we didn't have time, so I'm actually curious. Did did that would that weird you out at all that the I think it was the first two matches he he had like when he was serving for the match, he got broken, which was very bizarre to me. I just feel like he's been weird this week, but, he, but then again, like he's been weird to win a lot of slams, Pam, right? Like, I feel like like the Australia win two years ago was the weirdest when he had the rib thing. So I, I didn't really never know what's going on with him. What it reminds me of is last year we saw with Nadal where he looked really strong um, for most of the set. He'd win the first set 6-1, bagel somebody. And then in the second set, it's like a completely different Nadal. He lost his confidence. He lost his serve. And I think it's tied in with confidence and serve. If you lose your confidence, you're going to lose your serve. And for whatever reason, I think Djokovic still just doesn't have the reps in his belt right now that other players have. And so he is coming into this with a little bit of rust, but it's being overlooked because he's winning in straight sets. But they're more, I call them blips. Nadal had a lot of blips last season, even though he was winning. Djokovic right now has a lot of blips because he's lacking the reps that the reps coming into this tournament compared to most. That's actually a really apt comparison too, because last year, I think Nadal failed to serve out a lot of his matches as well. I think he was like, I think it remember against Sonigo when there was the whole incident at the net. I think Wimbledon. Oh, that was Wimbledon. But that was the same. Maybe it's age too. Maybe it's like, they're at 75% of like what they are capable of bringing to an entire match. And it's like, it's in there somewhere, but it just kind of, you know, their level drops a little more than it has Age is fair to think about too. Yeah. Also, want to apologize to Juan pa- Pablo Barillas' family. I know he's a big tennis bets fan, Kenny, for that oh. shot you took at him. But what did I oh say? Oh yeah, well he's not a tour level player. He's not. Okay, but well, again, sorry. Kina is more of a tour level player than Barillas is. Okay, ridiculous. Sure. Uh, <laughs> not have been okay. in this. Congrats, hats off. Yeah. But like that's he, he he knew. I'm sure he knew he was not supposed hey. to be in that match. If they hang Carlos that favorite, it's going to go back to my rule of Djokovic as a solid underdog is always worth is always yeah. worth the bet. Bet the, the over. I'm so we convinced can, we that we are going to see five sets. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I would be surprised, actually, not even convinced that we're going to see five. I honestly think Carlos in four is more likely than we do see five because I am still, if you look at the competition that Djokovic has faced outside of Fakina, Hasn't had a really good run of players coming into this. I'm talking about the lack of reputa- the reps that he's had. I'm still very much questioning, um, Does is fatigue going to come into play? We're talking about Holger Runa with his fitness. Djokovic's fitness was a big concern of mine coming into this tournament. And you saw a little bit of it from Fakina, and you mentioned it was more so Fakina losing rather than Djokovic winning. Well, now you're going up against somebody who has the best fitness. Is he going to be That's able true. to sustain 30 long rallies? I would say for me, my early prediction is Carlos Lacaraz in four against Djokovic. Joker Sounds being like in you- seven, 22 times though is uh, something I keep coming back to, but fair, but fair. But then you also see it every year. Djokovic, oh my God, he's playing the best tennis of his life. Goes up against Nadal and Clay. Pfft, 
sit down. It sounds yeah. like you're going to be oh, a I'm really big it. Stefano Sitsipas fan then tomorrow, Pam. Because in order for maybe maybe you can tire Carlos out for that match if he takes a couple of sets. Yeah. Yes, I also would. Ball. I mean, sure. Oh, I also would say just like like you, like it does. The gut feel is that Djokovic should be in a very good position against Carlos because last year when they played in Madrid, first of all, it was at altitude. So I mean, no, no one is going to be able to compete with Carlos's power at, at altitude. Altitude clay. Um, but I would say. Djokovic had only played like a few clay matches before that, uh, really had not played a lot of matches. He was very, you want to talk about rust coming into this tournament. The rust coming into Madrid last year was in clay season was in, insane. And he almost beat right. Carlos. So I don't know, like Carlos is better, but Djokovic is going to be a little more conditioned now. Like that could be a good match. Yeah, it should be. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Well, this has been a blast, and I don't want to leave out some of Zico's picks with some of the women's tennis storylines as well. We're looking at maybe Iga and Sabalenka in a final, another clay court final in this spring, just an incredible run. Does something get in the way or what could be the biggest pitfall, Zico, from that actually happening? I don't know. I think we're going to get it. I don't really see any scenario in which we don't. I thought that, I don't know, I, I wasn't high on Sloan coming into the tournament, but the way she was playing, I think if Sabalenka was going to trip up, it would have been there. But she was able to get through that match. So I do think we're going to get those two, especially because Sviatek doesn't have to play anyone, like literally doesn't have to play anyone. <laughs> yeah, the the other, because I don't, Coco is not a good matchup for Ego. Like Ego is just going to target her forehand. There'll be some double faults. And I would be pretty stunned if Coco pulled off that upset. Very impressed if she did. Not a bagel. No, probably. Yeah. She doesn't like us saying that. It's not, she's not a bagel. <laughs> um, the thing I is, the bad only news story. I got a bagel right here. Yeah, I can hear it. eat it. <laughs> Uh, Anj Jabor looking better, but probably not Zico at the level that you need to be to really throw a monkey wrench into this. I feel like Anj Jabor is getting better in his game, and and we know what what she can bring, but I don't think she's quite all the way back, and you have to be pretty much fully back to even contend. Yeah, she's looked pretty vulnerable this tournament. I was actually just looking. I think you can get plus uh, plus money odds on Haddad Maya to win a set. I'd be pretty interested in taking that. I think that's a live underdog to win the match, personally. I think Haddad Maya, Kenny's nodding. I said underdog and live. And he's <laughs> no, I agree. I love Haddad Maya. She's, she's looked, she looked really good today. Or yesterday. Yeah. That, no, it was today. It feels longest, like it was a two-day match. Longest match of the year. Yeah, three hours and 51 minutes. And it had a three. Wow. It had a 6-3 set in there. So we're, <laughs> we're really breaking records today. And it's probably why the men's matches are still just kind of getting going. is because of that match. But Haddad Maya is somebody that has, like, Iga, obviously, much deserved favorite, but if you have to build a player to contend with her, let alone beat her, you have to have unbelievable power. And she's one of the few players that I would put in that category. Yeah, and I think that, I think also, I mean, there is something to be said for a player not really facing a lot of adversity and then entering a match all this. Like, I think that's why it's almost good for Novak that he kind of had a little bit of struggles with players he shouldn't be struggling with earlier, you know, getting broken, suiting out for matches, having to kind of dig a little deep. Cause like mm-hmm. if you're steamrolling guys and all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're just like, Oh my goodness, wait, someone who can play to my level, somebody mm-hmm. who can return my serve who's mm-hmm. not, imp- you know, I'm not imposing. I will physically or mentally. 
I think it could be a tough matchup, especially uh, for, for a lefty as well yeah. to go against Sviatek. She doesn't face a lot of those. Yeah. It's funny, too, with Zico because your Mukova bet was so good, but you're getting scared now by the ghost of Pavlia Chankova. Yeah. Like she's out of nowhere. She just came back from the dead and might just make it to the Roland Garros final again. Yeah, I still think Mukova's going to win. I like her minus two and a half games, but I have to hedge that just because yes. you know, you're getting plus money odds. And I don't I don't even know what time it's on, but if it's going to be on while I'm sleeping, I'm definitely hedging it. <laughs> Sabalenka, Svitolina is the other matchup tomorrow. Sabalenka, big favorite there, and uh, her power is just unmatched. I don't know. Pam, do you have a feel for who you think wins this tournament on the women's side? I, I'll never understand WTA. <laughs> I can yeah. enjoy it as a fan, but I was all in on not betting ESV attack to win this tournament. And she has bageled every one of her opponents. And it's just, she was coming into this injured. She was coming into this kind of out of form. I'm like, why would you want to spend that minus money? And pff, girl, Pam, sit down. <laughs> that kind of she reminds just... you of someone else at Roland Garros, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, we can kind of wrap with this. I think, what would you guys put the over under on Spiatek's on French Open titles when she's all done playing? Because if he wins this year, it's three. Three? I think you're looking at six and a half line, depending on. I was just going to say say seven and a half. (laughs) Seven and a half. I think seven. I think I could see her like either seven or eight, or it is like mentally like where okay, four more, maybe five. It's like I think seven and a half is fair line. Like we're like. We're like, wow, that's half of Rafa. It's so bad. It's like, no, no that's it. She's also, how old is she? She's still super young. She's 22, but yeah. WTA, they tend to retire earlier than because they start so much earlier too. So yeah. you have to consider that. Like, is she going to retire at 28, 26, <laughs> call it quits? Um, if she does stay in this to reaching 30, I'm putting the number at 10. She's going to hit the double digit mark. <laughs> wow. I guess I, I guess we need Sabalenka to steal one this year <laughs> just to kind of put some resistance on, which has been the best part of the WTA run the last couple months is everybody's resistance. All right, round the round the clock now. Zico, starting with you. Final thoughts, what you're looking forward to leading into some of the matches we know that we don't know. What are you going to close with? Well, you just kind of reminded me of Djokovic's ability to kind of like tank a set. And now I'm kind of thinking about Hachinov at plus 105 to win one set tomorrow. I could see that being a match where Djokovic like needs a little something to wake him up. Like losing a set is like his coffee or something. So I guess, I think it's worth uh, a sprinkle on the Russian there. Does he drink coffee? I don't know. I mean, probably, if no, it's- probably not. He tapes, <laughs> tapes like coins to his not. chest. Gluten-free coffee. Uh, Pam, <laughs> where are we at with the final uh, word of the day? I'm gonna I'm gonna be so confused. My heart is gonna say one thing, my mind's gonna say another. I'll be with the Djokovic t-shirt, but I'm gonna be holding my Carlos memorabilia. <laughs> so I'm gonna be all over the place that day. I don't know. You're gonna a split shirt like your parents of two NFL kids or something. You're gonna have the jersey that's just cut. To, I need somebody to give me the half. You're exactly right. Half yeah. face Djokovic, half face Carlitos. <laughs> oh, like those old NBA commercials. Uh Kenny, last one. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to say something here that I never thought I would say because I don't really like this guy, but I think that this is the best chance that Stefano Tsitsipas could have to win the French Open, maybe Uh-oh. in his life, after the, the blowing two sets to love against Novak Djokovic. I, I think Carlos Alcaraz is going to continue to get better in his career. I don't think that Stefano Tsitsipas has ever, has ever played Carlos Alcaraz when he's been at a level that he is this year. So I think this could sneakily be maybe the match of the tournament between Carlos Alcaraz and 7-0 City Pass. He just looks very confident right now. He has the tools to beat him. We saw Lorenzo Musetti try to bring a lot of points into the net, and it just wasn't very good at that. Uh, obviously, Stefanos has a lot of experience in that department. 
I think he's going to serve very well. I think he's playing a lot of confident tennis, and I think he could bully uh, Carlos Alcaraz, maybe at for times from the baseline. That was a quote from the man himself uh, when he said Kyrgios was a bully on the court. So that's why I said it like that. Um, but no, I, I do think this is going to be a really good match. I think he has a chance to win this match. Um, I don't think he will, but if you think he could win this match, and I think he has a lot of fans, you know, fans. Plus 2,200 on uh, Stefano Sitsipas to win Roland Garros. If he can beat Carlos, Save he's going to beat anybody. $5. It's not happening. Carlos right. has to Many more than $5. Than waiting on that, I can you. But I, I will say, look, I, I, the last thing I'll say about this is that he he is, like I said, he Carlos has dropped his level in every match. And I think Sitsipas has been one of like three players, Carlos included, that just has looked unbelievable this tournament that has really never shown any sign of like, oh, maybe they're unsure they can win this tournament. Like he... In terms of confidence, in terms of ability, in terms of consistency, he's got to be. If Carlos has not been the best player in the draw, or he has been the best player in the draw, I think Sitsipas has been number two on the men's side. I really do because there's just been no questions about what he's been able to bring to the match every single time. We had so much camaraderie going. This was our, our closest show. <laughs> well, perfect, Kenny. That was a great way to wrap this up. Uh, I, that was. It, he may never do it, but it could be this year. Never going to do it. Find- you can find Kenny Ducey on Patreon slash Kenny Ducey with some picks. Find Zachary Cohen on Tennis Bets and Tennis.com with some gambling picks and Pamela Maldonado at Yahoo Sportsbook for some betting analysis of tennis and other sports as well. We'll be back. Yeah, there you go. There's the Novak uh, Carlos Alcaraz uh, saying in a nutshell. But this was Tennis Bets. We're on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network as well on all your podcast platforms. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Thanks to uh, producer Mike for helping us out produce the show, adding some good production value. And we may reconvene before uh, the French Open is open. We'll have to see. There's a lot to discuss. But for Kenny Ducey, Zachary Cohen, and Pamela Maldonado, my name is Mitch Michaels. Thank you for watching or listening to Tennis Bets. And we'll talk to you soon. Good luck out there.